0: You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org/podcasts. I liked your Werner Herzog impression. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, but I need to read from his book in order to do it. The
2: soccer field. My name is Ari Mejia. You are listening to Chirp Radio, and I'm in the studio today with local Chicago band Daymaker. Welcome to Chirp Radio that's not
1: how
0: I I know I can't
1: he does like um uh in the wilderness of the Chicago northern Irving Park area nestled in a warehouse space is the long-standing and infamous chirp radio (laughs) the more you did it
2: the better you got at it actually Daymaker.
1: Hi. Hey. I'm Aaron Delaney. I am the vocalist and sometimes play a little sample machine called an organelle.
0: I'm Egon Shuley. I play the guitar in Daymaker.
1: And we also have two other members that aren't with us today because uh, they're
0: working.
1: Um, working. So that's Whitney.
0: Whitney Milliken. Milliken. On the drums. I've been
1: calling Whitney, Whitney Mi- Milkman for like four years okay <laughs> Whitney Milliken and uh, Eric Newmiller uh, who plays bass
2: were you all a two-piece at one point was it ever other people has it always been more yeah people?
1: okay our band started off with like 13 people in it in a um, very small living room so we used to play with like a cellist and had all of this like big energy going on and it was very romantic
0: yeah, I mean, it basically started out uh, kind of real experimental and real wild. And um, through just playing shows, it kind of coalesced into a core group. And that's who you see today, you know, as we play like twice a week all the time. <laughs> so, you know.
2: Cool. So you so opposite, y'all started pretty big and kind of bubbled down into what it is. Yeah. Person-wise, but also sound-wise. Yeah. That sounds right. Can, well, you, yeah. can you talk more about that and how you... I don't know, figured out what kind of music y'all
0: wanted to make together. I don't think we have figured out that quite yet. I mean, actually, you've got a pretty good description of the band, I think.
1: I've been saying that we're an experimental punk band that makes music about the joy and confusion of living in the crux of America's Pluto return, which makes sense to Diana Rose, incredible astrologer, and maybe no one else. Um, you yeah, know, break that down for me, please. I, <laughs> I love all that. Okay, I want to know so more. every three hundred years, um, America celebrates its Pluto return, and like America as an entity, obviously has a longer lifespan than like individual life forms, except for maybe turtles. I'm not sure how maybe turtles get to celebrate their Pluto return, or like tortoises. I don't know how long they live. Um,
0: trees for sure.
1: That would be rough. Oh, trees. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um back on track. So America is going through this like cycle of its Pluto return, which means that like a lot of things have been are being unearthed, a lot of like lies that make up the formation of something will kind of like be unearthed and brought to light. Pluto is this like force of reveal of power structures. Had this conversation with Diana at a residency this summer and was like, "Oh my gosh, I've never like Gone so hard for astrology as I do right
0: now. Which is basically uh, another way of saying we're a punk band that's not afraid of writing a like eight minute long new wave song, I think is basically what that boils down to. And I, I mean, I would say like a lot of what we write is either political or. I mean, somehow influenced by that sphere, even if it's not on the face of it, you know, it's, it's still relatable to the, you know, political climate of our times, which is pretty inescapable these days, so.
1: Yeah, I think we have a hard time writing love songs. We have, like, our band is definitely a very, like, collectivist project. All of our shows, we bring tangerines or pieces of fruit that will still be sanitary after it hits the floor, um, usually tangerines, and uh, make sure that we share them with everyone around us. It's a great way to augment the kind of, like, drinking culture and dehydrated culture of uh, any DIY scene all over the country and really want people to be like feeling good and feeling aware and feeling safe at our shows. So that gesture kind of warped into like our message as a band is always about like togetherness and trying to be as self-effacing as possible and exercise some of the energy that comes along with that process.
2: talk about power structures mm-hmm. can you tell me what that means to you and like why that's important to write about or talk about so
1: every time that we would play there would be different lyrics to a song that would just like arrive attached to a melody that allowed us to keep songs fresh and more importantly, keep up with the issues and power structures and hierarchies that we're constantly developing uh, every time we played a show. So I guess like when addressing structural pro- problems, I feel like a lot of I mean, our band is uh, people that have been beneficiaries of structural and white privilege and we live in the city of Chicago which is extremely stratified and kind of like bear witness to what inequity looks like every single day living in this city and living in this country. thinking about like why we feel the need to say something about that is like maybe wanting to like pack our creative lives with these like structural dissections that we're trying to make peace with and we're trying to find a way out of and I think that like sometimes improvisation sometimes noise sometimes like artfulness or imagination or freedom being brought to um these seemingly immovable objects of oppression in everyone's life in this country except for like six billionaires and uh, our lives invigorates us to feel more hopeful the next day in making change on the same issues that we're constantly bombarded with.
0: But I think for a lot of us, for a long time, like being in DIY and hosting DIY shows was an act of like political defiance of existing outside of a capitalist system. About providing hopefully safe spaces and um, just people to express themselves, as well as being able to host like clothing swaps and um, you know raise, just raising money for local groups.
2: Good old potlucks.
0: Good yeah, old potlucks. good old potlucks. Good old food Mugs. drives. <laughs>
2: You said the word collective. I know you said, like, we write together, but just in general, like, what that means and what you mean by that a little deeper, if you can.
1: I think both courtesy and bitch and bajas. I would also throw, like, blacker face in there. I see this a lot when they play, where there's a presence on stage of every member actively listening to each other. You see these musicians and these performers circle up their attention and often their bodies. And even though there's a front person in that band, Jolene, her attention is always with the band and like bouncing off of PT and Noah and Isaac and like really knowing how to respond to each other. And I think that that is something about seeing live music is like catching a little bit of that attention that's so thrilling. It's like live liveness to a creative process that's still rehearsed but still very active.
0: It's it's a hand me down from like jazz and blues and all these things. I think there's like as far as a description of that, there's this amazing James Baldwin short story called Sonny's Blues that, if you want a description of it, just read it. It's a I won't sum up the short story, but there's a. Uh, The main character is visiting a friend who's a jazz musician and there's this wonderful section of the short story where he describes his younger brother interacting in his band on stage and how the piano will give way to the drums, which will give way to the bass, but there is this sort of intrinsic communication that's happening, you know. Do you remember, it it wasn't a Fluxus thing, Uh, but like... Wasn't it? wasn't it? I mean, the Fluxus definitely wrote scores, but they're like, there was this practice of writing musical scores that were like, instead of being on uh, musical notation, they were sort of these like weird abstract art pieces.
1: Oh, yeah, that that was a Fluxus thing. But it was like a bunch of Italians in the 60s that were dunking on these abstract scores. Oh, I can see it in my head, but I can't remember. This isn't good radio. Having
0: some of our songs like that where, you know, instead of notating, all right, this goes on for 32 measures, there's like a uh, suggestion that this might go on for some time. And so it's kind of up to you every time you perform it, how long that actually goes on. And, And so then you're really like, you know, eagle eye watching each other for that change, you know, so.
2: Yeah. Talk to me about the new this new album.
0: It's coming out on November first, which is uh, All Souls Day, yeah. Yeah, cool. And yeah. Uh, day after Halloween, very fun pagan stuff. Uh, but it's called "Let the Sun Fall." Coming out a little week. Yeah, we're really pumped. It's 10, 10 tracks, and we've been working on it really hard for the past year.
1: You can follow us on Instagram right. at. What is
0: it? Daymaker underscore Daymade.
1: Daymaker underscore Daymade. And you can follow us on Facebook at the Daymaker page. Or, you know, like you can even follow Aaron Delaney or Egon Sheely because we like post a lot about our band. Right. Yeah.
2: Thank you guys so much (laughs) for everything, for coming in, for all of this. No,
0: thank you so much.
2: You can find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.